sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good morning. Waking up to cooler temperatures for sure. 64, 65 degrees here in Midtown Atlanta. As if last weekend wasn't a taste of fall enough. This weekend, even more so. I just listened to uh, meteorologist Brad and it's forecast for the weekend. And I love it. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a great weekend. Thank you for joining me this morning on Green and Growing. A year and a half, a year and a half, this show has been on WSB Radio. And I'm always learning something new and always having a great time. And I'm looking forward to, later on this morning, joining the Henry County Master Gardeners for their garden symposium. I am so honored that they asked me to come join them. It's a long day of learning for folks with guest speakers and a a little seminar and lunch and all of that. So when you can find things like that in your local community, oftentimes they're free, um, but really do take these people who have a wealth of knowledge and experience, take them up on these offers and really learn a lot more about gardening, about your natural environment, native plants, all that kind of thing. Because they've most of them have been there, done that. They've had success. They've had trials with things. And I can't wait to learn from them. So it's going to be a busy month ahead. The Piedmont Park Landmark Lunch. That is a big fundraiser that Piedmont Park does every year for their uh, Piedmont Park Conservancy. So that's next Tuesday if you're interested in purchasing purchasing tickets. It's a great, it's a beautiful afternoon, September 14th. And then I'm going to head up to Blairsville. I actually went to Blairsville last weekend. Never thought I would find myself in Blairsville. And found $24 on the side of the road. Literally, like we were stopped at a red light, $24 cash laying on the side of the road. Who wouldn't get out and go get it? But there's nothing... In, Anywhere nearby, I have no idea how it got there. So I'm going to go back to Blairsville, look for more money. But uh, I'm going to meet with Becky Griffin. And certainly enough, last weekend I passed the University of Georgia campus and the research station up there. So I'm headed right back there in a week or two to visit with Becky Griffin and bring all the knowledge and everything I learned from her back to you all and hopefully do a little piece at the beginning of October for you there. 404-872-0750 is the number to be on the show today. Looking forward to your calls and your questions and even garden advice. Uh, things you do this time of the year, every year successfully, things you're looking forward to for fall gardening, fall planting. I want to hear it. I want to learn from you. 404-872-0750. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, Walter Reeves, he's probably just now starting to wake up, stretch, get out of bed a little bit. He will join us, the Georgia Gardener, and he's going to share information on some of the pesky fall insects we're dealing with. And the list is includes but is not limited to crickets and spiders and caterpillars and all of those kinds of things. So you'll want to Definitely stay tuned for my conversation with Walter Reeves, Walter Wondering. But now I want to take some time. You may have heard this last weekend, um, but I, I want to bring it back because army worms are such a problem for folks in their lawn right now. You literally don't pay attention for a day or two, and all of a sudden you drive in the driveway and you're like, wait a second, my my lawn's dead. It's brown. Um, thankfully, that does not indicate any issues for you in seasons to come. But yeah, for this season, it, it's dead. And likely it is army worm. Granted, we, we've had a lot of humidity and a lot of moisture this summer, which could lead to other diseases and things, brown patch and, and so on and so forth in your lawn. But army worms, they're not just a problem here in the southeast. Maine, Maryland, um, Mississippi, they're all their extension offices are all publishing 
uh, work and documents on how voracious they are this year. So I want to take the time to replay a conversation I had with the, the Paulding County Extension agent to help you learn a little bit more about these guys and how to combat them. And now, welcoming to Green and Growing for the first time, Mary Carol Sheffield. A lot of you live out in the Paulding County area. You know her. She is the Paulding County Extension Coordinator out there. And Mary Carol, I reached out to you for a very specific reason. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Ashley. I'm happy to chat with you this morning. Now, this is a doozy, Mary Carol, because like I have had friends in the western suburbs. They were kind of the first ones to alert me to this about a week, week and a half ago. And that's why I found you as the expert, because y'all are getting a lot of calls about none other than army worms. Does this year seem to be a lot worse than other years that you can recall? It does, and this is my 17th year as an extension agent, and this is the year when I've heard the most reports about army worms in people's home lawns. Gosh, and this is a guy, you know, I mean, just a regular-looking little caterpillar. could be an inch, inch and a half in length, and they can eat, I read, like a one caterpillar can eat maybe like a four-by-six, you know, area, like index card size of lawn just by themselves, if not a little bit bigger. So this is the thing people are seeing happening, especially in Bermuda lawns, but not contained to just that. We're like two, three days go by and literally your yard looks dead. So what are we looking for, Mary Carol, to try to get ahead of this as we start to see it? It's a good idea to kind of scout your lawn. And if you see kind of patches developing that look a little yellow, that might be an indication that you could have some army worms. Another really good indication would be if you see a lot of birds out on your lawn and they seem to be feasting. That might be an indication that you have some army worms. Birds probably can't really make a dent in a, a big population of army worms, but they are a good indicator that they, they could be there. Um, but there's a trick you can use to kind of check and see, Ooh. and it's a really easy trick. Okay. You just get like a one or two gallon bucket and some dishwashing liquid mix up a couple of tablespoons of dishwashing liquid in water and pour the water over about a square foot of your lawn and if there are army worms in the area that you're testing they will rise to the surface very quickly they do not like that soapy water and you'll see them interesting that's a good catch and i mean what from what i've read mary carol and correct me if i'm wrong they're going to be feasting during the day, maybe a little bit of the cooler part of the day, whether it's, you know, before lunchtime or maybe going into dusk. But this is a worm that we can actually see, right? It's not so tiny that you can't see it. Right. They get to be about an inch, an inch and a half long. They're pretty easy to see. They have um, some stripes that are pretty indicative down their back. And if you get, if you can pick one up and look close enough at it, you'll even see like an inverted Y shape on their head. So they're really easy to identify. And I remember you said recently you had done a project or something at a vineyard, you know, out in that area. And you said mm-hmm. that you walked away and saw them right there, right at your feet. Right. I just like looked down and there was an <laughs> army worm. So I just picked it up and brought it back. So I'd have a sample to show people. <laughs> How's he doing? Is he still alive? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, good. I think the general population is grateful for that. I always feel good when I kill a cockroach. There's tens of millions of them, but I'm like, I killed one. There's one less one. in the world. Yeah. It makes me feel so satisfied. Um, so these guys, they're pretty voracious. And so we've got to get to them early. Give us some tips on some of the pesticides that are probably going to be most effective on army worms. In a home lawn, one of the safest ones you could use is spinosad. It's an organic one. I think it comes under the Captain Jack's label um, and some other labels as well. It's, it's an organic pesticide that will work to help control them. 
Um, you can also use the pyrethroid insecticides. Those are good options, and there's a lot of those. Um, you can use acetate. I believe you, do, you can even use Bacillus thuringiensis, oh. if you can say it. Yeah, 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 BT. BT. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. but you have to catch them small if you're going to use BT because um, it's more effective on small. And really, all of the insecticides will be more effective the quicker you catch them. And now this and is like, all like that. I mean, it becomes a moth, right? This caterpillar's hanging right. out. That's really when we need to get it. But then once it becomes a moth and starts flying around, then it's going to lay more eggs, and you're like just trying to play catch up. It is. And so you've got a scout, and if you've had. Um, an infestation of armyworms already, you might want to scout in about, you know, two or three weeks because they're going to, the moths are going to emerge after um, the caterpillars, you know, burrow down, pupate, um, moths going to emerge. And what's going to happen is as they emerge, they're going to go lay those eggs and they could move to your neighbor's yard or they could come back to your yard. So you kind of want to scout it out maybe about three weeks um after you've seen them and just kind of keep your eye out to see if you have signs or if you notice any more caterpillars and you can treat again. Um, the good news is that probably it's going to get too cold for them pretty quickly good. into October. Uh, and they don't overwinter here. They our cold winters kill them. It takes them till August or September usually to get here because they overwinter in mm. Florida and they're coming up on, you know, the currents of storms and wind and just working their way up. Um, you know, a yard or a field at a time. Mm. I always like for homeowners to know that typically if you see damage, even if you don't catch them and treat them, it's probably just aesthetic damage for a minute. It's like they mowed your lawn down. They could have, you know, made your lawn a little more stressed out. If there are other factors at play that are stressing your lawn out, it could be bad, but a lot of times Bermuda will bounce back from it pretty easily. That was my next question. So I'm so glad you shared that good news. Yeah, that does not mean your Bermuda is completely dead. You know, it's still going to go through dormancy, emerge next spring just fine. But those those really good, the best uh, management practices of a healthy lawn, you know, keeping it watered regularly an inch a week, regular fertilization, do pre-emergent, you know, at the right times in the spring and in the fall, the tougher the lawn, Mary Carol, wouldn't you say, it is able to bounce back and really fight diseases and insects oftentimes, right? Exactly, yes. If you have a healthy lawn, it's going to bounce back pretty quickly from an armyworm infestation. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me um, with the rainfall that we have, if somebody's had an armyworm infestation, if they're already starting to see green blades show back up. See, folks like Mary Carol Sheffield here, the Extension Coordinator out in Paulding County, you've got one in your county where you live as well, folks. So, Mary Carol, how can folks get in touch with their local Extension office? So, you can look us up online at ugaextension.org, and you can find your county there. Um, You can also call 1-800-ASK-UGA-1. This has been such a good conversation and a timely one at that. I really appreciate your expertise, Mary Carol, on this. And I think folks are breathing a sigh of relief now. Like, yes, it's bad, but it's not that bad. So just get ahead of it. Right. Take good care of the folks out there in Paulding County. Thanks, Ashley. And sure enough, I have a call coming up from Joey in Cleveland, an infestation with army worms, so a timely call. And yours coming up as well, 404-872-0750. You're listening to WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk.
Thank you, Mr. Slade. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Sunny today and tomorrow and Monday. I love it. Highs in the mid to upper 80s. Lows starting to creep down into the low 60s. So for me, enough for a light sweater when you go out in the evening. The complete forecast from Channel 2 Action News Meteorologist Brad Nitz comes up in less than 10 minutes. Okay, as promised, I want to give Joey his chance. Calling from Cleveland. Good morning, Joey. Good morning. So uh, yeah, as got, you were talking, as you were talking to yeah, the phone ahead. screener is when we started playing that interview, and I was like, "Oh, I hope Joey's listening to this." Was that helpful? <laughs> yeah, it sure was. But um, another question on that: Should I um, replant grass or just uh, let it be? What grass or what turf type do you have? Ah, shoot, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not familiar in any grasses. Does I just it, uh, let it grow and cut it. <laughs> does it go dormant in the wintertime? Like it'll start to just, you know, be brown all winter? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It then, doesn't stay green all the time. <laughs> okay, yep. Then you've got a warm season lawn, likely centipede or Bermuda. So what I want you to do, um, and, and that was the good thing about that conversation with Mary Carol, is, you know, it is not fatal for seasons to come. It's just for now. So for you, I, I would let it be right now. Um, and obviously, it's too late to start fertilizing, you know, warm season grasses. We don't want to tell them to, to start growing when what they want to do is go dormant. But I want you to go on right. WalterReeves.com, you know, the gentleman that used to host the show, WalterReeves.com, uh-huh. and type, like, in the search bar, Lawn Care Calendar. And I want you to kind of take a look at both the lawn care calendars. He's got them in a simple PDF. It's a great file. Um, Look at both for Bermuda and Centipede. A, just kind of figure out which one you've got, but it's likely you've got one of those. And follow those directions for when to seed and do all of that to get back on track. Because really what you're wanting to do there, Joey, is make make the turf as strong and healthy as it can be. That's not always going to fend off, you know, these varmints like army worms. But the stronger the turf, the more lush the turf, the more likely it is to be able to overcome something like this or disease or something like that. So once you get on that regimen with Walter's calendar, I mean, just not even every month of the year, but man, that calendar, just something to to be doing. You follow it along and you will have the best warm season turf in the neighborhood. So I'm glad you called about that. Follow that. See what you need to do. Do not apply fertilizer now, though. It's it's stressed. It's wanting to go dormant. So there may not be a whole lot you have to do, Joey. That's the good news. Thanks for the call. 404-872-0750. Coming up in less than 10 minutes, conversation with Walter Reeves about fall insects. Hope you tune in. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. About 6.37 on your Saturday morning. Good morning. Welcome to Green and Growing. I am glad you're here. You know what time of the show it is. There's a lot of show in store for you between now and 9 o'clock. But first, let's do this. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. How are you? I am well, thank you, ma'am. What's Great your favorite season? Fall in Georgia. It, oh, it's wonderful. That's your favorite. I thought so. It's my favorite, too. 
We had some fantastic days recently. It was dry. Temperatures were in the very low 80s, high 70s. Just gorgeous outside. Ready for football. We have uh, the University of Alabama, Birmingham happening later today. That should be well, an easy one. <laughs> Hopefully it will be. Hopefully it will be. You never know. Hopefully. That's Hopefully true. So. Fingers crossed. All right. We promised folks last week, Walter, we would talk about fall insects. And there are quite a few that people are seeing now, though fall is typically a little bit more friendly as far as not having too many insects bothering yeah. you as many as you're used to in the summertime. But I want to start off my friend Peggy Corbett. You and I both know her. She was my high school English teacher. <laughs> it's good to call her a friend now, but sent me a picture, a very close-up picture of all these like orange reddish bugs. She said, friend or foe, they're on my milkweed seed pods. Oh, and usually yeah. it doesn't happen this easy, Walter, but I was like, that's the milkweed bug. <laughs> that's his name. Milkweed, sure. <laughs> So sure, milkweed bugs are just common on milkweed plants this time of year. Yeah, I mean, you know, from a distance, like bug, but upon closer reflection, there's some black on them. They have very defined black legs, but uh, a different body shape than a ladybug. But yeah, like yeah. I said, an orange reddish color. So they feed on the pods. Usually, they uh, suck a little bit of sap from it. They feed on the seeds inside too. But you know, honestly, I think these are, are beneficial bugs because they help to mechanically disintegrate the lining of a seed pod. So it allows the seed pod to open up more readily. And of course, inside is thousands of those little feathery milkweed seeds that float away. And so I think the milkweed bugs, even though they eat the plant, they're still beneficial for the plant to propagate itself. That's good. So them hanging out there is no, no need to fear. And of course, they're going to fly away if disturbed, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And every year you see them, if you have milkweed for the monarchs, you're going to see them every year. And it's not something that I really worry about. I think it's fine to have milkweed bugs. It's just part of that whole ecosystem of butterfly and plant and seeds and, and bugs. No big deal. Now, I don't know if there's a correlation here with this next one, but I still have moles tunneling through parts of my lawn and they're staying yeah. close to the sidewalk close to the edge of the driveway so i just kind of walk over to the edge of the grass there stomp it down stomp down the tunnels but i just did that the other day and had a couple of crickets jump out and wow. i haven't seen a cricket all summer long <laughs> i hear them but i haven't I guess, seen one i guess it's warmer than in the sidewalk and so the insects are more likely to be growing there and that's what moles eat is insects and so they go where the food is. So uh, that's the only theory I have is why they would be there near the sidewalk. It's likely, insects like to be there and most like to be where the food comes. And the crickets, you may find one occasionally that's gotten into your garage or your carport, but not harmful to anything, are they? Not really. I mean, they, theoretically, they chew on things like clothing and stuff like that. But come on, it's one cricket is not going to get your whole wardrobe <laughs> with holes in it. So, yeah, just you see them, if you hear them in the house, just catch them, throw them outside or kill them if you care, if you care to do that. But they're not a real big deal for me either. Yeah, don't kill them. We, we like them. And I love the sound at night. You know, now we're getting into that nicer weather where you can sleep with the windows open. And who doesn't want to hear the crickets at night? And, and even the cicadas, and too. The, the cicadas, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine is making a cicada shell collection. <laughs> and so I went out to my neighbor's pine tree. His pine tree grows a little, little patch of zoysia grass. And I looked on the pine tree, and there were five, five, six, seven, I think, different cicada shells on the pine tree where they climbed up out of the zoysia grass out of the ground for the year. They climbed up the trunk, 
and they split the shell out the back, and they emerged and crawled up to do their cricket or their uh, cicada sounds at night. But it's just interesting to see those shells. They're left, all that's left after the cicada has uh, hatched out of it, and they're really sort of curious to see and put on your nose and scare you grandchildren and just have a good time. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Those guys are left over from that brood 10, but even regardless of that, we had just the regular run-of-the-mill cicadas, right? I mean, we have those right. every year. Yeah, the uh, annual cicadas are called, or dog day cicadas, mm-hmm. they hatch out during the dog days of fall, and that, I think, is the most, majority of what you're going to see. They all hatch out of shells, but the ones we see now could be some of the leftovers from the first brood we had during the summertime. But I think most of them are really the annual cicadas, dog-day cicadas. Okay. Said, ee, ee, ee. Oh, speaking <laughs> of that, yeah. oh, I saw the greatest insect the other day. I saw a cicada killer wasp. Ew, wow. Oh, my God, they're huge. They are enormous. You'd think they'd just kill the whole neighborhood. But it's an enormous wasp-looking creature. And this is a male. I don't know who's a male. Because he's just hovering around the uh, lawn mm-hmm. about a foot off the ground looking like he was the meanest thing in the world, but he doesn't even have a stinger. Male cicada killer wasps don't have stingers. Oh. So he was just being mean, farting around it. People and me and the dog and trying to tell everybody he was protecting the nest and his female accomplice, his mate, I guess, had gone up in the trees and she had found a cicada. You can hear a cicada. They're going, eh, eh, eh. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 the female the cicada, and she'll take that to the ground and drag it along the ground over to her hole that she made, and uh, put it in the hole, lay an egg on it, and uh, they go back there, get some more cicadas out of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> so, do <laughs> they the males, have you shiny, smooth bodies or a little furry? It's not furry, no. I think it's pretty smooth. Okay. Yellow, orange, and two inches long, and just look mean as heck. But they, they again, the males are the ones you see mostly because they're the ones guarding the, the nest near the ground, and they cannot sing. So don't worry about them. There was something chasing us around our campsite last weekend up in ah! North Georgia, and it was about two inches long, and it just hovered, but it had a little bit of fur on it and a little more pronounced yellow. What would that have been? Oh, what could that have been? I, I mean, know. we we kept this calling it a murder hornet. Like, we were joking, you know. I, don't, <laughs> I hope the people next to us weren't like, oh, my God, really? Like, no, we were just joking. But that's what we were calling it. It was so big. I don't think you're going to find many of those in Georgia right now. Yeah, no. Right, right now, the scary thing you find right now is the Joro spiders. Golly, you should get, I get questions about them every day just about. The Joro spiders, the ones up in northeast Georgia, along the expressway. And, man, yeah. they are huge. Wow, they're big. We've talked about those in years past for sure, and I actually did have someone send me a message on, on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page, too, about them. And Walter, kind of what I gather, their lifespan's not long. They're going to they're gonna die off here in the next couple of months. There's not invasions necessarily. What do you say? Just knock down the web and, and let it be? Yeah, if you don't like them, knock down the web. But they're not harmful to people that sting or bite or put poison venom in you. Uh, they certainly can capture insects, and they but mostly you see their nests around cleared spaces above trails. We walk through the woods, you see yeah. these big, big, big webs, and they're sort of golden. If you watch them in the sunshine, the, the web netting itself will be golden looking. And uh, these Joro spiders are different from the regular garden spiders or riding spiders, which some people call zipper spiders, because Joros have this reddish color on their body. 
and it's just red, yellow, red, black, you know, like that. Whereas the, the riding spider, the normal garden spider, is only uh, red and black, or yellow and black. Mm. Oh, that makes me think of Charlotte's Web. Remember that book when we were younger? Oh, yeah. The yeah. Little, the little garden spider, the little riding spider. Oh. The Joro spiders are not found anywhere else in the country except right here in Georgia, around Houston and uh, Jefferson and places like that. Yes. That's where they have them. Where they have them, they have a lot of them. People have really complained about the Joro spiders or affecting the environment, but they're eating all the insects the regular other spiders would have. And I think it's still yet to be seen about whether they're really bad, bad, or whether it's simply another insect mm-hmm. to look at, recognize, and count. Isn't that something? Wow. All right. And there's another one, one more insect that you said is going to be pretty prevalent this time of year, especially in the lawns, but thankfully one that's easy to maintain and get a grip on. Fire ants. This is the best time in the whole year to control fire ants. Because right now, what does the little ant do? You saw the the, uh, fable when you were a kid. The ant collects food and Mm -hmm. so it saves it for the wintertime. And if you could make that food poisoned, then that's great because then that kills the fire ant. And there are a number of really, really, really good poisons, baits that you put out. The fire ant's going to get it, take it down to the queen, and store it for the rest of the season when it's cold, and feed the rest of the colony. And you can really kill a bunch of fire ants just by putting bait out in the fall. I'm sure the bag says so, but what's the best time of day to do that? When are they most active out looking for food? 10 a.m. when it's warm. Oh, okay. Nice and warm in the morning when the sun just came up and warmed up to the top of the mound and all the workers are stretching and, you know, you know <laughs> the legs out saying, oh, it's time to get up and go to work. <laughs> uh, you know, Henry, Harry, let's go, let's go, work, work, work. They'll take care of their dead comrades, too. I kind of knelt down next to a fire ant mound the other day and just carefully watched this guy dragging his buddy across my walkway back to the mound. I mean, just dragging the dead body of his friend who was bigger than him. And then he got across the blades of grass <laughs> back to the mound. I was like, good job. Yeah. So at that point, I wasn't going to kill him or destroy him. He had worked so hard. <laughs> Did they have a cemetery there at the mound? They had to drag back They must have little tombstones. Something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, milkweed bug. We've talked about crickets, the joro spider. My goodness, the cicada yeah. killer wasp. And finally, ants. Uh, where can we find out more, Walter, to maybe look up a couple of uh, fall insects? Yeah, I've heard this guy on the radio before. Things Walter Reed. Yeah. And if you go to WalterReeds.com and type in one word like or two words, fire ant or joro or um, any of the names of the insect you're trying to find out how to control them. Then I've got pictures. I've got control methods. That's a whole nine yards at WalterReeves.com. Ah, that website will live in infamy. It is one of the best resources, guys. (laughs) I tell you, the search bar right at the upper right-hand corner, so simple to use. Like you said, just type in one or two words. You will find tons and tons of articles that this man has written over the years. Walter Reeves, thank you so much. Next Saturday, I want to talk to you about uh, pumpkin vines. I've got some questions about some vining things for fall. I'll see you then, Ash. Love it. All right. Have a good Saturday, my friend. You're listening to Green and Growing. We'll be right back on 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slade. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me, too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. So many ways to listen to WSB Radio online, on your smart speaker, on your phone. 
and on the good old-fashioned radio, 95.5 WSB. Now, coming up beginning at 7 o'clock until 11.30, it takes us right up to the tailgate and the pregame show for the University of Georgia football game. Um, We are going to split our broadcast, so if you tune over to AM 750, beginning at 7 o'clock, you can hear from our news partners a tribute to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We'll never forget. It's a remembrance. It might be a good thing to listen to, especially I can't imagine if you have children that were born in 2002 and later who it's just stunning to think that they did not live through that time that we lived through 20 years ago this very day in just an hour or two. So um, that is there for you over on AM 750. Also on the WSB radio app, you'll see a link to split off and listen to that as well. I hope you stick with me, though. I'm here until 9 o'clock. Dave Baker comes in on the Home Fix-It show, 9 to 1130. And as I mentioned, the Georgia Bulldogs hosting the University of Alabama at Birmingham Blazers at Sanford Stadium. So all of the pregame action begins at 1130 with kickoff at 330 today. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today and tomorrow, sunny skies, beautiful transition into fall weather. We got highs in the mid-80s still, but lows are going to get down to the low 60s. Green green, and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. This one I could harp on for the next two or three weeks. Time for that application of pre-emergent granules. That's going to prevent the winter weeds that will grow in your lawn. Uh, Dimension, halts, balen, or preen in garden beds, those granules all work well to stop the germination of seeds from those winter weeds popping up. Poa annua, crabgrass, those kind of things. Once they sprout, you don't have a second chance. So start doing that now. And also nutsedge. A lot of you sending me pictures recently of nutsedge in your lawn. That's the last call to apply a product like Image or Bonide Sedge Ender to eliminate that. Uh, read the labels, though, because Image, you can't use that on tall fescue grass. So before you buy it in the store, take a look at that label. Both products need several weeks of warm weather to complete their work. That's kind of why we're winding down on that, treating Nutsedge. Number two, be on the lookout for local nature centers and master garden groups hosting webinars or classes this time of year. One that I can think of, uh, North Fulton Master Gardeners. They're hosting their fall 2021 garden lecture series. You can reach out to me if you want to find out more about that. The last Friday of every month, the Cherokee County Master Gardeners host a webinar, and today I'm going to go join the Henry County Master Gardeners. They're a very active group as well um, for their uh, annual garden symposium. And number three, plant natives, the plants that really bring in the pollinators. They're naturally adapted to the local climate here. Great candidates for low-input, low-maintenance landscapes. Why not consider beautyberry, winterberry, Oak leaf hydrangea, of course, a magnolia and eastern red bud are all great here in Georgia, and they can be planted now. 404-872-0750. I want to hear from you. Coming up at 7 o'clock, you're listening to WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.